0: So today is Man Day. It's a one day out of the year. I have an opportunity to speak specifically to the men. Don't worry, ladies. This message is going to apply to you. It's going to be a challenging message for you as well, Uh, but excited to do that. And since it's Man Day, I figure we just got to give more food out. We just keep giving food out. So anybody like jerky? Anybody want some jerky? I got to throw. I'm going up the center aisle. There we go. Okay, my other, I love Snickers. Anybody else like Snickers? I got a man-sized Snickers. All right, we got a Snickers. There we go. The other one, the greatest M&M's of all time, peanut butter M&M's, peanut butter M&M's right here, whoop whoop, there you go, all right. Feel free to eat those while I preach, that's fine, okay? Uh, But we live in a world that has a lot of opinions about what it means to be a man, okay? Different perspectives, different ideas, all those kind of things. Um, But I know for me, and I think a lot of you can relate to this, if you are blessed enough To be raised in a home, and I know this isn't the case for everyone, but if you were blessed enough to be raised in a home where there was a dad in the picture, when you were two or three or four years old, my guess is your understanding of what a man was came from your dad. You watched your dad and you thought, that's what a dad is. See, the cool thing for my kids is my kids think I'm amazing, right? They think I'm strong. They think I'm smart. And shocking, they think I'm funny. Okay, Like sometimes you don't laugh at my jokes. They always laugh at my jokes. They think I'm amazing. They just think. And so that, that's where they get their perspection, perspective of what a man looks like. But I know you get a little bit older, and some of us experience this. You get older, and you start to think about manly professions, at least for me. I, I started thinking about things like construction workers and like garbage men, you know, or lumberjacks. I thought about that's what it must mean to be a man. And then I started thinking about athletes. You know, I got a little older, and it's like athletes, okay, that's what it looks like. They're big, and they're strong, and they're fast, and they're the best at this or whatever. That's the perspective of what it means to be a man. And then you start thinking about, well, maybe there's manly actions out there. I remember at times where I thought, okay, men can fix things. That's what they do. Or maybe it's outdoors. That's what it means to be a man. You know, men are men who catch stuff or shoot stuff. That's what it means to be a man. I got a lot of my understanding of what a man was actually from my my grandpa. My grandpa, I saw, as I called him, my papa. My papa was was manly. He came from West Virginia. I think I've mentioned this before. He didn't live in the country. He lived in the country. That's what they called it, okay? He li- grew up in the country, and he, he wore his clothes. It was clear that he did not shop at a real store. I pr- I'm pretty sure he bought his clothes at a gas station because it was never, it was like the whatever and the ugly t-shirts, and he had the red suspenders always over top of a shirt. Didn't matter what color the shirt was. The suspenders were always red, and that's great. He didn't care, but my grandpa could do anything. He could Fix stuff, and he was a you know go out fishing. He loved to be outdoors, all this kind of stuff. But there was a moment that marked me. It kind of, kind of gave me trauma. But there was a moment when I was younger. So he was a head custodian at a church. That's what he did. And so he fixed stuff and cleaned things, all this kind of stuff. And when I was like five, six, seven, I would go hang out with my grandpa at the church and follow him around doing all this stuff. And there was one day when when I was hanging out with him, and he got a call that one of the toilets wasn't working at the church. Okay, yeah, there you can see where this one's going. So I go. So I go with him, we go to the, the, the bathroom, we get to the, the stall, whatever, and we look in the toilet, and the toilet is filled with what you can imagine a toilet to be filled with. And it's disgusting, and it's gross, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I wonder what he's going to do to get this cleaned out. And without even thinking, my grandpa goes, and jams his hand in the toilet, bare hands it, cleans the thing out, and throws it all in the garbage. And as a kid, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Really? You could have used a glove, <laughs> but it, but it kind of spoke to me like, that's what it means to be a man. Men do the things that are gross that nobody else wants to do. At least that was my perspective at the time, okay? But you get older and you realize, you know, that, uh, you know, not every man is Paul Bunyan. You know, for me, I personally, I'd rather go to the mall than skin a deer. That's just me, okay? <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> You know, you don't have to, to be a man, you don't have to shoot things. You don't have to skin things. You don't have to fix things. You don't have to shove your hand in a toilet. It's okay. Like, you can be a man another way. But, but here's the deal. All of us men, we still have a picture of what we see success as. We've created in our minds, even from a young age, this is what it means to succeed in life. Women, you've done the same thing. We, we think about, like, This is how I want my life to pan out. This is who I think I should be. This is what it would mean if I was successful some way in life. Maybe it's a career goal. There's something that you wanted to achieve in your life. Maybe it's uh, some financial status. Maybe it's a relationship status that you want to have in your life. Uh, Maybe it's just a feeling of like, I just want to feel content. I want to feel satisfied. That's what I want in our life. We all have this picture of success. And then what happens? Life happens. (laughs) And it doesn't always turn out the way you saw it turning out, right? The picture you had in your mind isn't always the way thing life plays out, right? It just, it doesn't work out that way. Now, I would guess there's some of you here that you've achieved a lot. In fact, your life is maybe better than even what you thought it would be. Uh, You have this amazing life, and I'm going to talk to you in a moment, but my guess is there's plenty here that maybe you haven't achieved what you wanted. That dream or vision that you had, it, it hasn't quite been there. Maybe there was that career that you wanted and it just hasn't worked out. Maybe there was that job that you wanted and you didn't get. Maybe there's that degree you were gonna go for and you didn't have the money to finish it. Maybe there was a car you wanted and you you can't afford it or there's the home you want and you're still renting and you're frustrated in life and whatever it is, Maybe there's someone special that you want. You wanted that relationship. You really wanted it, and it just quite hasn't worked out for you. Or maybe you were in it, and it's failed, and you're in this place where you're like, oh, this is not how I saw life going. Maybe like so many mothers on Mother's Day, Father's Day is hard because you really wanted to have kids, and you haven't been able to have kids yet, and it just hasn't worked out the way you wanted. And then my guess is there's some others of you who maybe you've achieved some things. You've had some of the success. And yet at the same time, you're not satisfied. You've got the marriage. Yes, you're married, but your marriage is struggling, right? You're succeeding at all the things that don't matter, but you're failing at the things that actually do. Or maybe you've got the picture of success outside, but when you're alone in a room somewhere, you know that you're struggling with addictions that you can't seem to overcome. This stuff plagues us all over the place. See, when I was young, again, I was young and ignorant, and I I looked at men, and the, the generation above me really didn't talk a whole lot about their feelings, Okay? And so I would look at men older than me and I would say, man, they, they got all their stuff together. They know what's going on. I, you know, they have they no problems in life. What I realized was they just didn't tell me what they were. Because now that I've been a pastor for 20 years, I've had lots of conversations with men. Lots of conversations. And the reality is what's going on in the inside so often is different than what's going on in the outside. Right. And so for men and th- women, you're going to see the exact same thing here. When I talk to men, there's a few things that I see come up over and over again. First one is this, insecurity. We act like we got our stuff together. We act like we're in charge, but inside we're just insecure. We're still trying to get our dad's approval. We're still trying to get our mom's approval. We're still trying to reach some view of what life should be like. Still trying to get there. Feeling insecure. We walk into rooms and act like we got it together, but inside we don't feel that way, actually. There's a lot of men, when you you talk about it, they feel like a failure. They feel like they haven't had the success that they thought. Maybe their big brother had the success, and they feel like the failure. They didn't quite make it. You know, it's a lot of men that feel this way. It's also, men have the feeling of disappointment. You know, things just didn't work out the way. Like, I thought it was going to be this way, and it hasn't. I'm just a little disappointed with the way things are working out. I thought things were going to be different by now. I thought by this point in my life, I'd be in a different place. This can happen. This, all these feelings can lead guys to have this feeling of, of frustration and feeling stuck. They're feel like, ah, why am I here? I, I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. When you experience this, a lot of times I'll talk to guys and they begin to question their purpose. They begin to ask, is this, is this what life is about? Is this what I should be doing? You have your quarter-life crisis, you have your mid-life crisis, some have an end-of-life crisis. We got crisis all over the place, right? Is this what I should be doing? I talk to guys like, I don't know if I should still, should I be doing something more meaningful, whatever it is. It's a question that guys have on the inside. You're not alone if you feel that. For some guys, they've had all these challenges and they finally get to the place where they're just numb, The numb. They just don't feel much. They're going through the motions, doing the job, doing all the stuff, but not really feeling much anymore. There's one other thing that I talk to guys, and I hear this come out a lot. And it's one that guys don't talk about because we would never want to admit this, but a lot of guys feel this. They feel lonely and they feel isolated. Feel lonely and isolated. Us guys, and whether it's true or not, us guys believe that the women know how to do this better than us. But we sometimes struggle with this, finding relation, relationships where we're really honest. Or we might share some things with our spouse, but do we have other people speaking into our life that we can speak into their lives? And a lot of guys feel isolated and alone, and they don't know how to get outside of this. I talk to guys all the time. This is exactly what they're feeling. And some of you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about. So what do we do, men? When we feel these things, when we're struggling in some way, what do we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to try to escape somehow. How do we escape? Some of us escape with food. Some of us escape with chemicals. Some of us escape with sports. Just pour ourselves into playing sports or watching sports, pour ourselves into video games, pour ourselves into pornography, pour ourselves into some other addiction, pour ourselves into other relationships that are toxic in some way. Whatever it is, there's all these things that we tend to go to. And so the question is, well, what what should we be doing? Rather than pouring ourselves into these things when we're struggling, what should we be doing? And so this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to give you an encouragement with something very simple. Here's what normally happens. On Mother's Day, mothers are like, hey, you're the greatest. We love you, moms. And on Father's Day, pastors get up and like... Get your act together, men. I'm not going to do that today, okay? But I am going to encourage you because I think there's something that we all need. There's a new direction we need to have. There's a thought we need to have. No matter what season you're in, no matter what you're feeling, no matter how good things are, how hard things are, no matter what you do, I'm going to give you something that you can hold on to, that you can stay focused on in those times, all right? If you got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Don't worry, it's going to be on the TV today, so I'm going to read these verses. Galatians chapter 6. Verse number seven, here's what it says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Go on to verse number nine. It says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. All right, this morning I'm going to keep it real simple. We got two points in a big "so what." All right, if you're taking notes, here's point number one. It's this. Focus on what matters. Focus on what matters. What do you do in the hard seasons, in the good seasons, in the bad seasons, when you're not sure what to do, when you're feeling the weird feels, and you're like, I don't know what to do? Focus on what matters. What does it say in verse 7? A man reaps what he sows. You get what you invest in. And some of you are unhappy with what you're getting right now, and the reason is because you haven't been investing in the right things. You haven't been sowing into the right things. And so no matter what the season is, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're enduring, here's a truth that you can hold on to. Focus on what matters. At all times, focus on what matters. I think we all have different opinions about what matters, don't we? You have different desires. You have different things that you like, that you dislike, all those kind of things. But I've been to a lot of funerals, okay? Like if you think you've been to a lot of funerals, trust me, I've been to more funerals than you. I have sung It Is Well With My Souls more times than you can count, okay? But here's what I know. I've been to lots of funerals. I've never heard anybody talk about stuff at a funeral. Oh, they might mention, mention, oh, he liked to fish or something like that, but that's not what the funerals are about. If somebody does something amazing, transformative in the world, maybe they'll talk about some achievements they've got, but that's not what they talk about. What do you talk about? Relationships. At the end of your life, there's only one thing that matters. It's relationships. That's it. Everything else you've done doesn't make a difference. And there's two relationships that matter more than anything else. Number one is what is your relationship with God. Hear this, men. A hundred years from now, when you're past all the stress you're dealing with right now and the job you're dealing with right now and the opportunities you have right now and the house you got right now and the future you're looking for and the retirement you're trying to plan for and all those things, when all that stuff is over with, one hundred years from now, the only thing that matters is your relationship with God. Like, that's it. It's the only thing that's going to matter to you. And so, so often... That's the reality, and yet we don't focus on it. It becomes the the forgotten thing. It becomes the thing that's, oh, when there's time, when it's, you know, I'll show up there on Sunday, I'll pacify my wife, and I'll show up on Sunday, or hey, I'll, I'll, I'll open my Bible once every few weeks so it feels like I can get the dust off of it, you know, but I don't really focus on it. Listen, this is all that matters. Do we actually focus on it? Do we invest ourselves? Are we sowing seed in the thing that's most important? So that's the question every one of us has to ask ourselves. Do we focus on what matters? And when it comes to your relationship with God, this is why we say around here, it is so critical to get in the word, to focus on what matters, to invest in what matters, to sow seeds into what matters because we desperately need it. More than anything else in this world, this is what matters most. But are we giving it the energy? Are we sowing the seed? Are we leaning into that area, trusting that we will reap a harvest as we sow seed here? But it's not just our relationship with God, right? It's our relationship with others. Focus on what matters. Some of you here this morning, you, if you were to be honest, you, you think about you, you're, you've got a marriage relationship or you've got kids or you've got friends or you've got family in some way. The end of your life, what is that relationship going to look like? Are you sowing the right seeds now so that when you get to the end, it's going to end up the way you want it to? I did a weird thing and my, my wife, uh, she thought it was super morbid, but there's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Some of you are familiar with that book. And one of the principles it talks about is begin with the end in mind. And it gives you an exercise, and it says, here's what you should do. You should pretend like you're at your own funeral and write you know, the words that you would want certain people to say about you at your funeral. And so I did this, and to be honest, it was super emotional. I sat and I wrote, this is what I would want Amber to say. This is what I would want my kids to say. This is what I would want a friend to say. I, I wrote those things down. The challenge became then, okay, if that's where I want to end, then what do I need to start sowing now to reap that harvest, right? It's true for your relationship with God. It's true for your relationship with your family. What do you want? What picture are you hoping to paint? Okay, then how are are you gonna focus on that now? How are you gonna invest? How are you gonna sow seed there today? Second point is this. So we first, we gotta focus on what matters. The second thing is this, is we gotta don't give up. Don't give up. What does it say? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It is so easy to give up, right? How many of you have started that diet and three days later, eh, we're done, right? You've done that workout routine. Yeah, I'm going to be huge like a week later. No, we're good how we are. Honestly, I wouldn't want to have to buy new clothes. That would be uncomfortable, you know? it's not. It's a waste of money. Like We've all done that. We've all given up. It's so easy to get. We start things, we quit. We start, we quit. We start, we quit. It's so easy. And yet in the things that are most important to us, we operate the same way. We get tired. Some of you dads, I know what it's like. I've got small kids too. You've had a long day and you're like, I know I should probably get up and play with them. I don't want to. I just want to sit here for a second. We've all had that moment. Right? We get to the end of the night and we're like, I'm a horrible father because I've just let them watch shows and I'm not doing anything. Right? We've had those moments. I get it. Okay? The challenge is that we won't give up in the things that matter. That we keep sowing into things. If we fail one day, the next day we get up and we say, I'm going to keep sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. Every day investing in the things. And when I screwed up, I'm going to start the next day and do it again. Investing in the things that really matter. I think for uh, a lot of us, we tend to take a, a daily view or we'll take a weekly view, but I think we need to have more of a lifetime view and an eternity view, right? A lifetime view. Because I know that sometimes, let's take it with your kids, it may be years before you reap the harvest that you're sowing into them, right? The steps that you take, you don't see it. They turn into a teenager, and they, they're annoying, and they, they don't listen to you, right? And then they might turn into a young adult and think they've got all their stuff figured out and leave you totally, right? Some of you have experienced that. You may have poured into their faith, right? You know, maybe they're going to leave someday. Maybe they're going to come back. I don't know what the story is. Your call as a parent is to be faithful every day to sow the seed, Right? Farmer doesn't get to dictate whether the seed grows. All he can do is he can feed the seed out, put it in the soil, tend the soil the best he can, and trust that a harvest will come. And that's the promise that we have in Scripture. If we will continue to sow good seed, we will see a harvest. And so some of your relationships, I would say this, some of your marriages, again, you walked in the door this morning, and man, you are faking it real good, right? You two are just fighting like up a storm all week long, but you walk in the door, you're like, hey, praise Jesus, you know? Oh, we take a picture. Look at we're so sweet. Look at us. We got our selfie here. We're all happy. That's not what you're feeling right now. Okay. All right. Well, don't give up sowing seed there. Some of you want to give up. I get it. It's hard. Don't give up. Don't give up. Sow good seed. Okay. But I think it's more than just a lifetime view. What do you want at the end? No, what do you want for eternity? One day, every single one of us is going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. I don't get it. It's not like I don't, I'm not having Amber stand before, before God for me. I've got to stand before God. And in that moment, there's one thing I want to hear from. I don't want to hear, man, you are the greatest ever, Greg. You are awesome. There's one thing that I hope I hear, and it's this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. And the good news is faithfulness doesn't require us to be superior to everyone else. It requires us to be consistent in what God's put in our hands so you don't have to, as a man, I mean, it's the most freeing thing in the world. Because as men, listen, I can be as insecure as anybody else. I can look up, there's, some people say, Greg, you're so talented. You've got all these talents. Yeah, I am crazy insecure at times. Where I sit and say, oh, well, I can't do with this person. I'm not that person. I'm all those things. The good news of the gospel is that God put whatever I have, he put that in my hands. My only job is to be faithful with that. I don't have to be everybody else. I don't have to have the talent everybody else has. I don't have to have the wisdom, the money, the whatever. I don't have to have any of those things. I just got to be faithful with what God's put in my hands. And as men, this is the joy. We get to be faithful. We get to focus on what matters and don't give up. Focus And tomorrow when you wake up, you get to focus on what matters and don't give up in that. When you're tired, when you're overwhelmed, you don't give up on that. So I want to close with our, with our big so what. We always say this, so what, what's the point of this thing? I want to leave you with an image, and the big so what is this. Keep chopping wood. Keep chopping wood. I got this. I borrowed this from my friend Aaron. Um, I've never used an ax before, so this will be interesting, guys. <laughs> I told you, I like going to the mall. Come on. Give me a hard time about that. So here's the deal. Before there was, you know, central heating and furnaces and, you know, gas and propane and boilers and all those kind of things, if you wanted to heat a home, what did you need? A fire. If you want a fire, what do you need? Wood. And so what you would do is you would go out and you would chop some wood, right? And then you know what you do the next day? You would chop some more wood (laughs) because you need wood that day, too. And then the day after that, you know what you would do? I think you're going to get it. You would chop some more wood, right? Okay? You do it. You just keep chopping wood. Why? Because that's the most important thing. You knew it. If you don't have the fire, you are in serious trouble, especially us who live in Minnesota. We need the fire, okay? And so you chop wood. You chop day after day after day. You just keep chopping wood. You're chopping wood. You're chopping wood. you chopping wood when it's nice outside. You're chopping wood. You're chopping wood when it's not nice outside. You're chopping wood. Why? Because... You would say, well, what if you got this big, big munch, a whole bunch of wood? You, you don't need anymore. You're good for a while. No, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know what the future holds. Because you may come up in a season where you break an arm. You may come up into a season where you hurt yourself some way. You are super sick. And if you haven't been chopping wood all along, you're in serious trouble. Day after day, we wake up and we chop wood. When it's beautiful outside and the sun is shining, we're chopping wood, right? When it's raining and it's cold and you're cranky, you go out there and you chop some wood. When everybody in your life is just cheering you on, you go out and you chop wood. When everybody's coming against you, harassing you, speaking against you, tearing you down, you go out and you chop wood because it matters. It's life or death for you. You get what I'm saying here? In life, there are things that matter. First and foremost, your relationship with God. Why do I say we need to get in the Word on a daily basis? Why? It's not because, you know what, maybe what you read today doesn't affect you today, but tomorrow you may be desperate for it. And if you ain't been chopping wood, you're in trouble tomorrow. Okay? Every day we are chopping wood, we are spending time in God's presence. Because right now you might be in the mountaintop and you're like, you know what, I'm good. Like, I'm close, like, God's fine, we're good, I got enough word in me. No, no, no. You're on a mountain right now. You don't know that you might be walking into a valley. And if you ain't been chopping wood, you're in trouble. You are in danger as a follower of Christ. And so, what do we do? We chop wood every day. We do what is most important. We invest every day. Doesn't matter. You take it, you miss a day, okay. Tomorrow, I'm back at it. I'm chopping wood because I don't know what the future holds for me. The wood I'm cutting today may be my miracle for tomorrow, okay? That's our relationship with God, but there's also our relationship with one another. Like I said, there's some of your relationships are struggling. You've got a relationship with family. You've got relationship with kids. Maybe it is a marriage. Maybe it's been hard. You not, your, your relationship is struggling at such a depth right now that you, you don't even want to start again. Listen, pull out the ax, start chopping wood. It isn't the cool thing to do, <laughs> it isn't what you want to do sometimes. You get up and you start investing, you start sowing seeds in what matters most. Right. In your relationships you say, you know, I don't, care what's, I don't care what else I got going on today, I'm going to do what matters most today. I'm not going to let this day end without having sown some seed in the relationships that matter. When I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to sow seed, I'm going to keep chopping wood because I know that the, as I chop wood I am preparing for the future right? There is going to be a harvest. Our relationships, there is going to be a harvest there if you keep chopping wood. There's going to be a harvest one day before God if you keep chopping wood, if you stay faithful to the things that matter most, all right? Let me see. Can I get this thing? Someone just cheered because in first service, I couldn't get it to stick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. And it's a challenge. This is for everyone. Men, women alike, this one's for you, okay? Here's the challenge. Live like it's a new day. Live like it's a new day. Why do I say that? Here's what can happen. If you get into a bad pattern, you get into a rut somewhere in your life, a rut is exactly that. It becomes a rut that we stick in. We can't seem to get out of it. Maybe you've, in your relationship with God, you've been so far from God, and you're just like, ah, I I have a hard time even going to prayer because I feel bad. Like, it's been so long since I prayed, so I just don't even want to go there. And then it perpetuates itself over and over again. Here's the deal. Live like it's a new day, right? It's a new day. Don't worry about the past. Let's not talk about the past right now, okay? Let's start today. Because your heavenly Father is standing out there with his arms wide open saying, would you come? It's okay. You haven't talked to me in a while. Hey, come on. Come on. I'm inviting you. I want you to be near to me, right? I'm not gonna make you feel bad about the fact that you turned to me. I want you to turn toward me. Come, come, start chopping wood again. Let's get back to that relationship that matters. It's important, you know, isn't it just the add-on. Remember, at the end of your life, this is all that matters, so let's, let's do that. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Abraham. And it's not because of all the cool stories of Abraham and his faith and all that kind of stuff. I love it because when did Abraham first have his encounter with God that began everything that we see in our scripture? When he was an old man. Right? He was an old man. And I think a lot of times we can look at our, maybe you're 20, maybe you're 30, you're 50, you're 70, you're 80. It's easy to look back and say, oh, I've missed out on so much. What could have been? But what if you would stop and say, what could be? Right? Right? What could be if I would start chopping wood today? What would be in my life? Because Abraham, if he would have said, you know what, I'm too old, God, go find somebody else. The rest of our scripture, the rest of the story would not have been as it is. But he said, no, it doesn't matter that I'm an old man. God, I'm going to live like it's a new day. And I'm yours, whatever you want. And I say that to you. Some of you, you need to live like it's a new day You've been living and sulking in the past, disappointed in the past, and what hasn't been. Instead, let's get our eyes and say, God, what could you do as I start to submit to you? What could you do as I pick my axe up and I start chopping wood day after day after day? Where could I be in a week? Where could I be in a month? Where could I be in a year? Where could I be a decade from now? Where could I be at the end of my life? Where could I be standing before your throne someday in hearing you say, well done, good and faithful servant? What could be? But it starts today. It starts right now. Saying, "Okay, God, I'm turning back to you. I'm investing in the things that matter most." What could your marriage be like if today you said, "Okay, God, I'm going to start chopping wood." What could your relationship with your kids cuz some of you you've got struggling relationship with your kids. Okay, what could it be like if today you started and said, "Okay, I'm gonna start chopping wood in that area. And I'm gonna believe that God will do what He said He would that where I sow seed, a harvest will come if I don't give up and stay faithful. All right? Question is, where do you need to start chopping? Where do you need to start chopping? All of us, it may be a different circumstance. It might be with God, it might be a different relationship, it might be something else that God's speaking to your heart. I've been praying this week that God would speak something specific that you could lean into, and I pray that you don't walk out of this room without knowing what that is. I want to pray a prayer over you, if that's okay. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are a good God, a God who redeems. It's the good news of the gospel, God, is that you don't leave us where we are, God. You're willing to meet us wherever we're at to restore us, to redeem, to to reconcile things, God, and we praise you for that, Lord. And God, I pray right now for every person who's listening, every person who's watching online. God, I pray that you would speak specifically to their heart, the areas in their life where they, have, they haven't have been faithful, God, the areas that are so important and yet it's kind of been on the back burner. God, I pray that you would help them to take a new step today, to begin to chop wood in that area of utmost importance, knowing that as they sow good seed, Father, they will reap a harvest They don't give up. Thank you, Jesus. Give us the courage to do the hard things, Lord. Even give us the courage to do the consistent and the mundane things that will reap good rewards. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. I want to invite the men. If you are 12 or older and a man, I want you to stand up because I want to pray a special prayer over you guys today. Making you men stand up and sit down a bunch today. Listen, man, I want you to know I'm proud of you guys. I, uh, I mean, I think about our church and the strength of our church, and I look across this room, and I see it's because of men like you who are passionate for God, who say, I want to serve God. I want to give my life to Him. I want to serve. So many of you serve in this church. You guys make a difference. You're pouring into the lives of others. There's, there's young men and women in this church who don't have father figures, and you are those father figures for them. Thank you for that. I honor you, men. I'm proud of you. I know that it's hard. I know it's exhausting sometimes. Some of you are standing, and, and you're in a hard season in your life, and you're, you're on the edge. You've been through rough seasons. Listen, God sees that. He loves you. He cares about you. And you are, before your before man, before your dad, before your, you know, employee, right, before your husband, before your any of those things, you are son of the living God. That's who you are. Here's what I know about my boys. Even when they screw up, I love them with everything in my heart and I would do anything for them, okay? You need to know that your God in heaven feels that way about you. It is not what you can do for him. His love for you is grounded in his nature, not in your excellence, okay? Okay? Receive that love. Let's live out of that love. That's the kind of love that transforms our hearts, all right?